Welcome to the School of Midlife podcast. I'm Lori Reynoldson, former award-winning attorney turned high-performance coach for midlife women. I designed this podcast as your go-to place for weekly midlife inspiration, where I'll be sharing inspiring stories, providing step-by-step actionable coaching, and introducing you to some incredible women who are absolutely crushing it at the midlife game. And you'd better believe we'll also be having candid conversations about midlife relationships, career moves, money, menopause, and so much more. So take out your reading glasses and notebooks, my friends, because the School of Midlife is in session. Hey there. Welcome to the first episode of the School of Midlife podcast. I am so excited that you are here, and I'm thrilled that we are finally dropping the first episode of the podcast. If you don't know who I am, my name is Lori Reynoldson, and I am a high-performance coach for midlife women. I'm also a recovering attorney, which in my opinion is the best kind of attorney. It's the attorney that went to school, went to law school, graduated, practiced law for a while, and then no longer practices law. So in my opinion, the best kind of attorney that there is. I am also a business owner. And I have become a master at navigating what I like to call the midlife transition, not a midlife crisis, but the midlife transition. Not only because I have done it myself, but because that's what I help other women do in my coaching business every single day. I'm beyond thrilled that you're finally able to listen to this first episode. It has been years in the making. And when I say years in the making, I literally mean it's been a while. The foundation for the School of Midlife podcasts started several years ago when I would randomly go live on Instagram while I was out for my morning walks. And it was something I called Walk Thoughts. And it was wildly popular. But there was never any set schedule for when I was going live. There was never any rhyme or reason to what I would be talking about. It was literally just me yammering on about something on my mind. I promise that the School of Midlife podcast is going to be different for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, a new episode will drop each week on Tuesday mornings, so you can always count on that. And second, we'll always be talking about something midlife. Unlike Walk Thoughts, which was whatever came to my mind, 100% everything will be related to midlife. I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there. I think the last number I read was two and a half million podcasts. So that's a lot. And I appreciate that you only have so much time to listen to podcasts. So here's how to know if you should add the School of Midlife to your, your favorites list and come back each week to listen to the next episode. This podcast is for you if you, and see if any of these resonate, maybe all of them resonate, but this for sure is a podcast for you if you have everything you've ever thought you've always wanted, and but you still feel like there's something missing. Or maybe you're absolutely crushing it in your professional life, but you're feeling a little adrift in your personal life. Or it could be your professional life too. Like you've already 
you've reached the pinnacle of your career and you're trying to figure out, now what do I do? This could be the podcast for you if you are wildly successful by every societal measure. So you went to school, you got married, you got a job, you had a very lucrative career, you had some kids, you raised them up. You've done everything in pretty much lockstep following the societal success script. Wow, say that fast five times. Societal success script. And you've done that. You've been wildly successful, but you still feel like you're made for something more, that you can't quite put your finger on it, but you just feel like there's got to be something more out there for you. Can you relate to any of these? Or maybe you can relate to all of them. And if that's the case, then great news. You are 100% in the right place. You're looking to make midlife your best life. Here's what I mean by making midlife your best life. And let's start by acknowledging that That sounds a little too cutesy. It sounds like something you would see on a painted board at Hobby Lobby, but it's literally the best I could come up with. I don't know how else to describe it. And if you've got some great ideas, then let me know. I am all ears. But what I mean by making midlife your best life is midlife is the point in many women's life where they finally take a beat after working their whole life and they look around and they think, I've worked my ass off for this. And it's partly because we have been doing all of the things that we always thought we should do. So the difference with making your best life in midlife is that for once in your life, You're finally taking the time to figure out what it is you actually want. And then you're making that a reality. For me, the way that I have come to define success in midlife is that I spend time doing what I want to do, with whom I want to do it, and when I want to do it. That isn't, that's not at all how society tells me I should be living my life. But it's 100% what works for me. That's what my best life looks like. And when we talk about women figuring out what it is they actually want, if someone were to ask you today, what is it that you actually want? My guess is you're going to have a hard time figuring it out. And I will tell you that one of the biggest struggles of high-performing women is figuring out what it is they actually want. And it's hard because society has conditioned us to want what we want. It's been so ingrained from us from a young age. Like I talked about before, it's this idea that you went to school. And you studied hard and you got a job and you got married and you had kids and you got promoted through the ranks at the job. And you just keep doing the things that you think you're supposed to be doing. And after you've done all those things, you expect to feel differently. And that almost always happens in midlife. So instead of 
figuring out what it is that you actually want, then you just make more checklists. You pack your schedule with more things. You, you wear this whole crazy busy thing as a badge. It's like a badge of honor. But what happens then is you still don't feel any more fulfilled than you were before. You're just more stressed out and overworked and burned out. And not to mention that when you have this moment of doubt or I worked my ass off for this, then women also typically start struggling with feelings of guilt and shame for taking time for themselves or putting themselves first. They feel like they're being selfish, like everyone around them is counting on them. So why can't they just be happy with what they have or everyone else is counting on them? So they will focus on themselves once everyone else is taken care of. They feel guilty because I have a great life. There's so many people around me that have a, it's so much worse, which leads to the shame. Because we're high-performing badass women who are accustomed to being the best at everything, we can't quite figure out why we're feeling so empty or confused or unfulfilled in the life that we've created. It's that whole idea of, why can't I just be happy with everything I have? So we've got the shame of, I can't figure it out. Why can't I just be happy? We're feeling selfish because we don't feel like we can take the time to focus on ourselves when everyone else around us is counting on us. And then we feel guilty because there are so many people that have it so much worse than we do. So we're struggling with these questions that we have never taken the time to sit with before. We don't really like the way we feel about them. And instead of trying to figure out how to feel better, we casually write it off as this is it's just a midlife thing. It will get better. Do you ever find yourself throwing more money or more time at a problem? Like it'll just go away if you invest more time or more money, if you just double down. I have to tell you that with this midlife angst, that doubling down on the problem is not going to help. It will not lead to a solution. And not only are we struggling with these feelings of selfishness and guilt and shame, all of that is coupled with this idea that somehow we're running out of time. We will focus on ourselves when our spouse earns the next big promotion or the kids have graduated and are out of the house or we've saved enough money in the 401k that we can finally focus on creating a great life for ourselves when our own parents have settled into retirement and they're off doing all of the retirement things. Or our friends have received an all clear after their health scare or made it through their own messy divorce. Because again, we're accustomed to delaying our own happiness. So we do all the things for everyone else and we assume that when the time is right, then we will focus on ourselves. But here's the thing, is the time will never be just right. And 
unless you are intentional about taking steps to create your best life now, you will find yourself looking back and realizing that you never made the time to create the life you wanted to live. I know how all of this feels because I've been there too. I I have felt all of these things. I know what it feels like to have everything you've always thought you ever wanted and it's not enough. To feel like there's something missing. To be so successful in your job but still feel like you're made for something more. And then, of course, feel guilty about why can't I just be happy with everything I have? I mentioned it at the top of the episode, but I was an award-winning, highly decorated commercial real estate attorney for the first 20 years of my career. I left the law in my mid-40s when I was on the verge of joining the partnership in another law firm. And it's a really good story. I'll get into that in another podcast because it's, it's a good story and I think you'll like it. But suffice it to say, I walked into work one day and I quit my job with no backup plan. And a lot of people thought that was pretty stupid. And here I am at the pinnacle of my career. I'm on the verge of joining the partnership in a large regional firm, literally the thing that I have worked for my entire career. So plenty of people around me thought it was stupid. I thought it was equal parts terrifying because what do I do now? But I also knew that it was soul-preserving. It was soul-preserving because I couldn't continue to do what I had always done. There was a point in my life when I knew I had to try something different. But when I left that job, there was literally nowhere for me to go to answer the big existential questions I had, like, what next or what now? Am I having a midlife crisis? Because, like I said, I had literally quit the job I'd worked my entire life up to that point to land. I I did what I always do, and I doubled down on action. I got real busy. I read as many books as I could get my hands on. I took a whole slug of personality quizzes in magazines. What's your greatest strength? What is your perfect career? What do you do when you're in transition? Whatever the the quiz was, what's the color of your aura? I don't know. I took them all. I attended a whole bunch of personal development conferences. And at the end of the day, I ended up realizing that I had more questions than I had answers. And that was because I had done plenty of research. But what I was really looking for was a step-by-step guide or a podcast, or some sort of how-to that would help me navigate midlife transition. But because there were none of those things, I decided once I figured out what it is I wanted to do with the rest of my life, you know, that whole idea of what do you want to be when you grow up, I decided at that point that my mission going to be to create tools for midlife women so that they could make midlife their best life, so that they could figure out what it is they actually want, figure out how to make that a reality, and figure out ways to make sure that their needs are being met first in their own life. 
here's a funny story for you. Do you know that if you type in the words midlife women into a Google search bar, the number one result is, am I having a midlife crisis? And I think it's because for a man, it's pretty obvious. There are a lot of external indicators that something might be going on in midlife. One, what is ages? Two, oftentimes there's a girlfriend involved. There, These are huge generalities, but go with me here. There might be a new red sports car. He may have hair plugs or hair dye. I don't know what it is about midlife men and what they want to do with their hair. But when a midlife man is going through what we call a crisis, it's pretty obvious. There are a lot of external indicators. And it's totally different for women. There can be there can be external signs as well. We all know midlife women who just completely blow up their entire life. And for some women, that's totally what they need to do. But for most of us, it's an inside job. We're struggling with these feelings of uncertainty. We're unsure about the future. There's There are pangs of unhappiness or feelings of being adrift or just this kind of general discontent. We'll talk about the female midlife crisis in another episode because it's much, much different than the proverbial midlife crisis and it deserves its own episode. But suffice it to say, no, you're not having a midlife crisis. You've done everything you were told to do and you've gotten to this point, which usually happens in midlife, and you look around and everything is just not what you thought it would be. And most of that is because you expected to feel differently. My coaching clients tell me all the time, it's not that they're unhappy. Like they're living a really good life. It's not that they're unhappy. It's just that they're profoundly unfulfilled and they're struggling with these feelings of unfulfillment, of they're searching for life satisfaction. But at the same time, they're worrying that it's too late for them to do something different, that they're too old, that they they have regrets or this whole idea that they've made their bed and now they have to lie in it. But just because you made a bed years ago doesn't mean you can't buy a new duvet cover or change the sheets. You don't have to do that whole suffer in silence thing like women like to do. You can let people know that you need to do something different in your life. Hear me when I say this. You are not too old. There is still plenty of time to learn new things, to do new things, and to have new experiences. You can literally change the trajectory of your life if you want to. And that's what I mean when I say making midlife your best life. But, and here's the caveat, you only get one shot at this life. And none of us know when our time is up. So this whole idea that you're going to wait until the timing's better, the timing's right, the timing's better for everyone else around you, you might run out of time. I'm not saying that to be morbid. It's just, it's the actual truth that none of us know how much time we have left in life. And so we have to get busy living. And that's what we're going to do each week 
on this podcast is we're going to talk about something about midlife. There will be weeks where you have actionable step-by-step coaching. We'll talk about the process for figuring out big things in your life. I'm not going to be giving you the answers because there are no right answers, but I'll give you the tools to figure out the right answer for you. Some weeks I'll be interviewing midlife women who are crushing it at the midlife game. Many of them, most of them, probably all of them have found themselves in a period of transition. So we'll be talking about how they navigated that transition. Some weeks we'll have discussions about things we need more information on, but don't usually want to talk about, like the prevalence of midlife affairs or pelvic floor exercises or chin whiskers or menopause, how to break up with a a friend or a family member that is toxic. Like I said before, my mission in life is to help women make midlife her best life, and I can't do it alone. I've spent a lot of my life trying to do things on my own, and as a high performer and straight-A students and former perfectionist, I think we're all accustomed to going it alone, figure it out on ourselves, to work hard, just toil away on our own. But there comes a time where I think we all need to figure out that we don't need to do that anymore, that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to surround yourself with other like-minded women who, at the end of the day, want to feel something different, who want to live a meaningful life. And those are the women who I think want to make midlife best life. And if you're still with me, you are absolutely in the right place. I hope you stick around. I hope that you click subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast because we're creating a movement here. And I need your help to spread the word. And I hope You'll share this with all of your friends and you'll come back again next week. It's time to learn all the lessons they didn't teach us in school. I'm so excited that the School of Midlife is finally in session and I'll see you right back here next week. In the meantime, make it a great one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the School of Midlife podcast. I'd love it if you would take a moment and join my mailing list. The link is in the show notes. And if you're ready to make midlife your best life, you can also find out more about how to work with me in the show notes as well. I'll see you right here next week when school is back in session.